Hi there, this is Pastor Boyo, Chapel of His Presence Facebook Relationship page. Great to know you are there with me this day, and each time we come together like this, I feel highly honored by having you out there listening to me. I'm a pastor, but I'm also a physician. I run a hospital and a counselor. I'm described as shepherd of the shattered, bishop of the battered, because I care for people who are going through pain. People who are going through dejection, rejection, and who are going through a period of anomaly in their lives. So often I share things that have to do with relationship because I've seen pain. I've experienced pain. I've seen rejection. And I know what it looks like. So I'm happy you're there with me today. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about trust. Do you remember one time I spoke with us about character and competence? I then brought up the issue of trust. Trust is not a gift. Trust is not given. Trust is earned. Trust is like a salary, like a wage that you get from, from work done. So you have to prove yourself to be trustworthy. Nobody will trust you just because they know you. They trust you because they believe in you that you are competent and you are capable. And I did say that there are many types of trust. You can trust somebody with a good driver. That doesn't mean you can hand over your daughter to him to teach. You can trust somebody with a very a good shoemaker, a good watch repairer, you trust his competence in repairing your watches. That doesn't mean that you trust him enough to keep your money. So trust has departments, and each time we get disappointed, it's because people have failed us in those departments who expected so much from them. I don't expect my driver to treat me when I'm sick. I don't expect my, my cook to drive my car. And drive it well. I don't expect people to do things they do not have competence in. So trust is built over many years and trust is earned. But in relationships, we notice one thing that a lot of people tend to face challenges because they lack the capacity to identify red flags. It's a level of emotional or social quotients that you need. You can be a first-class graduate of physics or engineering. You can be a very brilliant medical doctor, but you may lack emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence involves the capacity to detect red flags, not when it is spoken out, even when it is not spoken out. Some time ago, I explained to us that a red flag is a sign of impending danger, disaster, or doom. It's a sign or warning of impending danger. So a red flag is not something you have to experience. If you sense it, you smell it, you hear it, you, 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 you could discern it, then you can kill it and make sure it doesn't come up. Because why? A red flag is impending, is a sign of impending danger. Not only danger, like I said now, disaster or doom. Now, if you are smart in a relationship, 
You can know when somebody is no longer interested in a relationship. You can know when somebody is going the wrong way. You can know when the relationship is dying. But most of people prefer to live in denial and say, well, 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 well. He's trying his best, he's trying his best. Before they know it, the relationship has packed up. Don't allow something to pack up on your head. Make every effort to see that it does not die by discerning the red flags, seeing them in advance, and avoiding them. So how can you address your spouse or your friend's issues? How do you know there's a red flag? There are some things you have to ask yourself, which I will start with now. You need to know what attracted you to this person in the first place. Each time you have a relationship going, you need to continue to ask yourself, what is my attraction? What did I find attractive in this person? You cannot just continue a relationship without asking yourself that question. It just God that brought us together. No. What do you find attractive in this person? And has the attraction lasted? And do you think it will last? What's your fantasy about this person? Something that is imagined or assumed to be true? Have you validated your fantasy? Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's so beautiful. Have you watched her over the period? Watched him over the period? Oh, because beautiful in the morning. But at night, when the makeups are down, you see something else. Some people can be beautiful when they're happy, when they are fulfilled. But when they're down, they crash out. What is your fantasy? And do you think it will last? And you ask your spouse or yourself, your last relationship, how long did it last? And what killed it? You see, history is very important, even in medicine. You ask people, when did the cough start? When did you start experiencing the running tummy? When did you start experiencing the headache? Why? History helps us to know why we are where we are. So don't be afraid to ask somebody, how long did that fantasy last? How long did the relationship last? There are people that just love to dangle carrots. They never mean to marry you. They only come to meet you so that they can find that you can tell them who they look like. And after a while, they leave you dry and in pain. It's not everybody that comes close to you that is in love with you. Some people may like you, but don't love you. Some people like relationships. They enjoy relationships. They enjoy being loved. But they don't have love to give. So you can imagine somebody that enjoys being cuddled, enjoys being loved, but never will he or she make a commitment. Why? Just the idea of being loved is fulfilling for them. And when you want to say, I need a commitment, then they begin to tell you why. And they run away. Have you ever told somebody that likes you so much and you love yourself so much? Have you ever told the person, I want a commitment? And the person suddenly becomes cold. In most cases, they even run away. Why? Because there are many people that like the idea of just having a friend. They don't want commitment. They don't want marriage. They don't want anything. They just want to have you as a friend. They may be having sex with you, which we all know 
outside marriage, as Chris says, it's not good. So I'm not saying because I'm saying you do it. But they just enjoy cuddling your job. They don't want to commit. And so you must know those people on time and act the script. Either you leave them or come to understand. This person doesn't want to be commitment. He just likes to be a nice friend, calls you regularly, chats with you. When you measure commitment, there are such people in most cases. That inability to commit could be a red flag. Maybe he's already married, or maybe he's committed to somebody else, and you are reminding him of his failure. If you tell him to commit, he now weighs between the balance. Should he commit to you when he's already committed to somebody else? One, two. He now realizes that you may demand more. Why do we find it to commit? Is that the believer in the commit to marriage, then there are demands that come with commitment. Like, I need to see you more often. Since you say you will marry me, who is that person you are talking with? Is that your mom? Is that your dad? How many siblings do you have? These questions come with commitment. And so some people have too many things to hide. Now, when you ask them for commitment, they are smart enough to know that this commitment is going to come with questions. It's going to come with demands on their time, demands on their time, and they just want to play. <laughs> They just want to be loved. They don't want to get married. They just want to be liked, want to be appreciated, want to be fondled and loved. And hey, I miss you, I miss you. Once you say marriage, then you're talking about dates, you're talking about being tied down to a man, you're talking about so many other things, and they will gladly keep quiet. So when such people are in a relationship with you, such relationships don't last. And that's why if you ask them the next question, did revelations during the course of the relationship change your mind? In other words, red flags. Some people's mind change when they get to know more about you. It's not that they don't like you, but the information they're getting about you is scary to them, and they may decide to walk away. How does it happen? There are many people that have developed fantasies, ideas in their minds, how to marry a man who wants to live in the US, how to marry a man who wants to go abroad, how to marry a man whose mother is not alive, whose siblings are not alive, so I can have him all to myself. How to marry a man that earns six figures, 100,000 a month, 200,000 a month, a million a month. How to marry a man that has living in his own house, not renting a house, has his own business. And when they now find out that you don't have these things, they begin to think that the future with you is bleak. So they are in love with you. So they think. But guess what? They don't admire you. Why don't they admire you? Because there are some things they have found out that don't fit into the expectations of husband. And they can't wait. Now, they can be close to you as much as they're able to get all that they want, but they're not ready to make commitments. That's why each time you meet somebody and the person is all over you, get ready when you tell the person more about yourself and the person goes, wow, and it doesn't call you again. doesn't pick your calls again. It's not everybody that doesn't pick your call and is telling you he doesn't want to go on with you. Sometimes they don't pick your calls because they are busy with somebody else. And they don't want you to ask them 
Where are you? Who are you with? What's going on? Because those questions lead to commitments, and they don't want commitment. Why? They are free for everybody, and they don't want to be held down by anybody. So red flags are common. So they are so subtle that you don't look at them because you are too positive, you are too excited to be married, you are too excited to find somebody that you may like. Somebody once said, just love me. And Rebecca said, don't even love me. Just allow me to love you. So maybe you are too excited to think. They say you are too close to the woods to see the trees. You are too much in love that you cannot really think. And so when a person tells you, I want commitment, or when you tell the person, I want commitment, and the person cringes and freaks out, it's not because she hates you, it's because she's afraid of what comes with the commitments. Another red flag is to ask yourself, what are the patterns? Have you observed any patterns or similarities from relationships in the past? Maybe you are with somebody, you find that at each time you talk about your family background, the person just shuts you off. It could be that your family background stinks. And nobody wants to carry that level of baggage. Don't get too discouraged. There are people that can. Because there are many people out there that have enough sorrow, enough challenges, that they don't want anybody that is carrying baggage into a relationship. There are a lot of people that are just excited to be alive. Oh, my father is working in Shell. My mother works with Chevron. My brothers are in the US. My sisters are in Europe. I am just alone. Ah, very lucky. When I hear I'm an only child, my father is very old, my mother is sick, my siblings are working as drivers and cooks, and I just feel I'm not doing it again. So when people stop getting close to you and you find out there's a, there's a pattern, whenever you discuss about your family issues and walking away, you need to go for counseling so that you can get it all properly fixed. Sometimes the way you talk about your family is not packaged well. Work on yourself, get a good job, and then if you know that you have problems with your family, resolve them. If you know that you have problems with your family and this person can't cope, let her go. Because all through the marriage should be a problem in in your neck. So you must learn to ask the hard questions in any relationship. You must learn to ask the hard questions to yourself and to the person. Ask yourself, is this girl going to stay for good? Why did she react the way she reacted? And what made her to give up when I mentioned something about this to her? If you've been going on with this program for some time, you will notice that I've always talked about Communication as one of the red flags. And sometimes this lack of communication can come as a result of some things you said. You know, some people can be very close to you until they hear about your past and suddenly they stop calling you. Now, that is not poor communication. The stopping to call you is a flag. They're telling you that they have moved on. 
Well, if you love them so much, you can call them or ask a counselor and talk to them and find out why. You find out that something you said the last time could be the result. When there's poor communication, people, women in particular, don't tell you you said anything wrong. Don't tell you you don't like what you said. Don't tell you you don't like the scenario you have painted. But immediately you just notice they begin to withdraw. Starts with not picking up your calls, later not texting you, later they get involved with somebody else, then you find that they don't even want to see you anymore. Let me lie, my mother, my job, but what you said. It's good to be honest, it's good to be straight to the point, it's good to be frank, it's good to be open. But sometimes in relationships, some people don't need all that. I don't mean you should lie. At the level of the relationship you're in with them, they don't need to hear all that. Terrible story about your brother, your sister, your father, your mother. Build a relationship to a point where you give information when the person is in a position to without telling lies. Tell you what happens in the hospital. When a man loses his father, I was not there when the father dies, and he comes into the hospital, the doctor says, I want to see you. So what about my father? The doctor will say, sit down. What is he trying to do? He's trying to prepare him for the bad news. You could tell him, do you have a, does your father have an older brother? Is your father's uncle around? Can we talk to somebody else in the family? So I want to see my father. I said, oh, wait. Why? You're preparing him to take the message. That's how it is sometimes. Some people rush information to some people, to their partners, and the partners get, and they feel, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. My father is a drunk. My mother is a drunk. My mother is a witch. My father is a wizard. All those things are not necessary. Tell the truth, but tell it at the appropriate time. So, so many individuals find it difficult to accept or talk about issues and how they feel. Often when it is seen most important to be open and honest, they distance themselves emotionally, leaving their partners hanging or having to deal with the situation on their own. Whatever is communicated is expressed through moodiness and sometimes through the dreaded silent treatment. So sometimes people will act to you by being moody or being silent. You need to ask yourself, what did you say that caused this thing? In relationships, often start by blaming yourself. Did I say something wrong? What did I say? Go back. Women in particular don't tell you when you hurt them. It's you that will sit down and go through the trail of the conversations and pick a place where you may have said something that just didn't go down well with that. Another red flag I've often spoken about is character flaws. Either you appear irresponsible, immature, or unpredictable. If you listen to me, some of you can mention this. Some people don't know they're irresponsible. When you start a relationship with somebody who is very mature, not by age, but more exposed than you, she begins to see some things she do as irresponsible. I'll give you a simple example with regards to time. There's a woman that have grown up with this sense of punctuality and timeliness. One is the last minute at 12, you get it at 12.30. No matter your reason, the first thing is to say, I came in late. That means take responsibility. I'm sorry. That means apologize. In most cases, such people, when you're going late to meet them, call them and tell them 
I'm running late due to what? Don't lie. Tell them the reasons you're running late and tell them upfront. Give them a head first. When you tell people, I'm running late, I hope you don't mind, or should I still come? You want me to postpone? I'm not going to be there at 12. As it seems, I may get there at 12 30. I may get there at 1. I may not be able to make it today. Start telling them from 10 a.m., not at 12 noon. There's so many little, little things, people, because the word irresponsibility is very subjective. Our backgrounds, how we're brought up, can make us to see other people as irresponsible, even if they don't see themselves as such. You can be de defined as irresponsible if your spouse observes that you just place your shoes anywhere. You don't take your bath early in the morning. She calls you at nine, these days of COVID, lockdown, no going out, we're still on the bed. You say, well, there's still a holiday. I'm just, I'm not going to work. No. Who use those things to measure you? If by nine you're still on the bed, if by nine I'm not taking your bath, even if you're on the bed and you're taking your bath, and your spouse, your friend, your significant other calls you, and you say, well, I'm okay, I'm reading, and don't lie. Train yourself to meet up with what the person wants in life. You came from a background where it doesn't matter. You don't think about the whole day, nobody talks. You don't go to, you don't read, nobody talks. You don't, you just play, you just have fun from morning to night. We meet a girl that grew up in a family where everything is very well organized. She will describe you as irresponsible. So what do you do? You've seen her, maybe she's older than you, maybe she comes from a different background from you. Your job is not to say, this is I am. Accept me for who I am. Nobody does that. Why should I accept it for who you are? When you are dis when you, when you, when you are disorganized and, and immature and irresponsible, I can take you for who you are. You don't take me for who I am because I'm ready to grow. You must be ready to grow. It's called capacity building. Don't just stay where you are and say that that's all. I can't change. This is who I am. If you don't like me, go away. Nobody does that. Maybe you. People want to relate to people that have the capacity to grow. People that constantly want to improve. People that know that I'm here today, I want to be there tomorrow, and they constantly put in efforts to become great in life. Nobody wants to be close to somebody who is fixated, who is where he is, no improvement, does not take responsibility for failure, that's who he is. Nobody wants to do that because nobody's looking for a relationship that will drain him or her. People want relationships that add value. Since I met this man, I've learned a lot. Since I met this woman, I've learned a lot. He likes keeping the time. I've started keeping the time. He likes to meet people. Guess what? I take my bath twice a day. He likes people that smell well. Guess what? I smell well now. You are not playing any trick. You are being real. And people want you to grow up with them. So irresponsibility, immaturity, and unpredictability. You know, they're related in a way. People love consistency, which is the opposite of unpredictability. To be predictable means you are consistent. They know you in the morning when they call you, you take your bath on time, you do your morning devotion, you get to work on time. When you're going to work, they know you dress well to work. They know you dress well to work. Yes, it's important I mention this. 
but many people like can't, you don't know when they're going to come to how they will look tomorrow when they come to work. They just dress the way they feel. They are dresses for work. They are dresses to move around at home. They are dresses of sleep with called pajamas. They are dresses you use in the home. They are dresses you use when you're going to visit your next door neighbor. And they are dresses you use to go to work. They are dresses for church. They have to consistently look nice. For goodness sake, if you make up a lot, then you have to be making up consistently like that. There's no point to see you on Monday, you're different on Tuesday, different on Wednesday. You need to be looking beautiful. Okay, you love to look beautiful. You look beautiful even at home. Not when your partner says or your significant other says, can we do a video call and say, give me five minutes, give me one hour to dress, ask them to dress. Ask. They know that you are putting up a show. People love to see persons in their typical ecosystem. So when you're irresponsible, immature and unpredictable, you are dangling a red flag and people will likely walk away from you. Another red flag in any relationship is to find out that you are relating with somebody, or oh, two of you are dating, or two of you are getting married, or two of you are, you know, fiance, fiance relationship, whatever it is. I begin to find that that significant family and friends don't like your partner. Significant family, like your parents, or her parents don't like you. Or your parents don't like her, our siblings don't like her, your siblings don't like her, your best friends don't like her. You need to hold a break and ask yourself, what's going on here? When people don't like your significant other, it doesn't mean the person is a devil. You need to find out why. Our people say what an elderly man can see on top of a tree. Sorry, sitting down. A young man on top of a tree cannot see. And I repeat that. What a wise man can see sitting down, a young man may not see it even if he climbs the top of a tree. What does that mean? There's some of the family and friends that know you so much and have had relationships before that they may identify some red flags that you, with all your eyes, with even additional glasses, may not be able to find. Respect the feelings. Of family and friends. That doesn't mean you don't get married. Sit down with them. If they tell you, look, this woman is a devil. Keep it in one hand and try and pray about it and begin in the relationship to look for red flags that shows devilish behavior. Never discountenance what people, family and friends, because it's family and friends, they know you and they know what who you are, what you love. When they say a woman that, except they want to be mischievous, when they say a woman or a man that they think cannot fit into you and they raise eyebrows, take them seriously. In like manner, if somebody you are in love with, our own family, our own friends, begin to talk about you, find out what it is they are talking about, and try and address the matter. Try and give time to the matter. And if they say you are uneducated, look for where of going back to school and build yourself. Don't say, is there education they want to eat? Is education that who education help? I'm not educated about rich. No, you can get yourself educated, right? Because after you get married, these issues will keep coming up. Another issue is controlling behavior. 
A partner may attempt to divide and rule. They pull you and put a block between you and your friends, cut you off from your family members in a manipulative way. When a partner attempts to divide and rule, divide and control, divide and conquer, driving a wedge between you and other significant people in your life, they may be jealous of some ongoing forward-looking people in your life. And they want to cut you off them, then hold your brakes and find out what their intentions are. Because there's a spirit of control in the lives of manipulators that can only get you when they cut you off your oxygen, your friends, people that can really advise you. When you have a relationship with people and they tell you, look, don't talk to your father again. Don't talk. Are your friend that don't like him? Find out why. Because sometimes, especially people that have manipulative spirit, they try to cut you off people so they can dominate your life and they can conquer you and take care of your life. At the end of the day, ruin you. So people that have controlling behavior, the feeling to control, they are like people that hold your remote and they manipulate you. Such people tend to control you where you go and who you associate with. They limit your world to allow in only what is important to them, what's important to you. Sometimes they make you choose them over significant others. And they make you feel, if you love me, let go of your father. If you love me, <clears throat> let go of your siblings. If you love me, I don't like you. every time you mention Pastor Days, oh my brother, oh my sister, oh my pastor. I don't want to hear them again. They want you to choose they themselves over the other people. And they call that an expression of love to them. And they tell you, if you can't drop your friends, they even love you. They will. So it's a red flag. They are control freaks. I feel like this. Any relationship you always feel insecure in. Ever since you met this fellow, he or she always makes you feel insecure. Or that you feel small. Ridicules your height, ridicules your academic performance, ridicules anything you do. She laughs at it, he laughs at it, and pulls you down thereby creating a feeling of insecurity in your life. You may find that you begin to feel that you don't know where you stand in such a relationship. Rather than moving forward and building on your shared experiences that should be strengthening your connections, you feel uncomfortable, you feel uncertain, you feel anxious about where the relationship is heading. You may begin to seek Reassurances from your partner, but somehow these are only momentary and fleeting. In such relationships, with time, with time, you may often feel that you don't know where you stand. With time, you may be working double duty, double shift to keep the relationship on track, while your partner contributes very little. So you find your partner doing nothing, and you're always struggling to please your partner. You're always struggling to win over. You're always struggling, struggling for us to I'll tell you a simple story of a young man who met me and said he's seen this beautiful girl that he loves her so much. 
But he told us something that he doesn't know whether it's right. I said, what did you tell her? He said, again, so beautiful and so nice. I told her, look, don't bother to love me. Just allow me to love you. Why did you say that? So that's the level of his love for the girl. I said, that's a very dangerous move. What did you tell her? He repeated it. Don't bother to love me. Only allow me to love you. I said, but then love doesn't work that way. So you find yourself that your partner contributes nothing to the relationship. Every day you are working double shift, triple shift. You are being drained by a partner that just wants to prove your love. And does nothing to show you loves. she loves you or he loves you. All it does every day is you are constantly having an exam. And he or she is constantly your external supervisor. Always telling you didn't do well, you're not behaving well, you're not doing well. If you don't take time, this relationship will crumble. There are many people waiting on the list. You're just number 10. She just decided to love you. If you don't take time, I will leave you. And you find yourself struggling. It doesn't work that way. So there's a way you have to conquer these bright flags. You can't force somebody to like you. They don't hate you because you're ugly. These are control freaks. The devil told Jesus Christ. After showing him all the pleasures of this world and the diamonds of this world, the gold of this world, he said something to Jesus. He said, I will give you all these things if you just bow down and worship me. That's a control freak. They will only love you or allow you to into their lives if you bow down. But guess what? If you bow down before them, you're not going to ever get to stand up again. You remain on your knees for life. Relationship has to do with two people, not one person. Both of you bring something to the table. Both of you share. Both of you have to enjoy the relationship. If one person is constantly putting a demand, I don't feel loved, I don't feel wanted, and keeps on pushing you until you sell your car, sell your clothes, drive away your parents, drive away your siblings, just because you want to love her, then be careful, this is a control freak. Not everybody can like you. If someone doesn't like you, let him go. Marriage is too long a time in which you live too close together to just tolerate people. Marriage is meant to be enjoyed and not endured. Endured, E-N-D-U-R-E-D, endured, endurance. Marriage is meant to be enjoyed. If your relationship goes this way, you will never be happy in marriage. You end up just serving this man, this woman to whom you are bowed down and remain on your knees all your I've talked about five things today now as red flags. Lack of communication. Did you get that? Irresponsible, immature, and unpredictable behavior. I talked about lack of trust at the beginning. Number four, I've talked about significant family and friends don't like your partner. And now I've talked about controlling behavior. Controlling behaviors kill relationships. On Saturday at 6 o'clock, I'll be back.
But I'm going to look at controlling behavior from the side of a manipulator. Who knows, you may have encountered them before. You may have fallen in love with a manipulator. So part of the red flags we're going to look at is a manipulator as a control freak. We're going to look at people with a dark or secretive past as a red flag. We're going to look at people that have not resolved past relationships as a red flag. We're going to look at a red flag when a relationship is built on the need to the need to feel needed. You get it? The need to feel needed. That's a red flag. We're going to look at abusive people as a red flag. We're going to also look at people that rush relationships forward too quickly. People that try to drive a wedge. People that make you uncomfortable in a relationship. People that call you names in arguments. People that have no work ethics and have never worked all their lives. All they do is receive, receive, receive. We shall look at people that are cruel to their partners. Cruel. C-R-U-E-L. We're going to look at people that have the spirit of entitlement. And people that change their attitudes at the drop of a coin. People that cheat and cheated at their last partners. People that demand your phones, they want to read your messages, they want to read your email, they want to read that, they need your social media passwords. People that put you on a guilt trip, every chance they've gotten, they put you on a guilt trip, make you feel guilty all your life. People that make you feel stupid and make you look stupid. People that make fun of your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses. Why do they do that? People that refuse to make the relationship public, they're always hiding your relationship because they know they're not ready to commit. People that have a different idea than you on what it means to be faithful. Oh yeah, I'm faithful. The fact that I did that, I'm faithful. I didn't have the same idea. I'm on the same page in that regard. People that hold on to double standard. People that are incapable of apologizing. Lastly, think of this. One day we shall talk about people that have nothing. They bring nothing to the table. Wow. They bring nothing to the table. Wow. They bring nothing to the table. All they came to do is to finish you. They never bring anything to your life. They never ask colors. They never bring money. They never bring laughter. All they do is what can I get from you? They drain you and hang you dry. Thank you for listening to me. Once again, my name is Pastor Boyo, physician, pastor, pastor of the shattered, bishop of the shattered. So I'll come here again next day. You can visit my Dr. B, what's my Dr. B website. Some of these messages are there, I'll be there also. Drb.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, as doctor, then B, with triple E, B E E E, Dr. B, www.drb.com. When you get there, you see some of these messages. And we do trainings, we do discussions, we do WhatsApp trainings, and we do one on one counseling. We counsel couples, we counsel individuals, we do premarital counseling times too, and we also counsel those who are going through hell and the high waters. I come your way again on Saturday at 6 p.m. Every Saturday at 6, 
And every Sunday at 6, you can catch up with me on Facebook, Chapel of His Presence, and then you can also catch up with me with this same topic on drb.com. Thank you very much. God bless you. Now come again your way. I love you. God loves you. I'm there for you. We are those that are there when others have left. Have a nice week.